Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Monica Miller with Monica Writes. Monica, welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, this is exciting, and I'm going to take it by the fact that your name is Monica Wrights or your company name is Monica Wrights. Mm-hmm. Kind of have an idea of what you do. So we're going to start off with a bio of who you are, what you do, how you got there, and uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good. Hey, everyone. My name is Monica Miller, and I have my own company called Monica Wrights. And what I do is I help entrepreneurial women and moms get the what the brilliance from here and the stories from here out into the world in a powerful way. And I do this through, you guessed it, content and marketing. I love helping my clients succeed by creating convertible and profitable content that is like that is going to share their message, showcase their brilliance, and get paid for what they do um, drawing by drawing in more leads and more clients, but just positioning themselves in a way that makes their audience want to know more. And so I do done for you services as well as coach you along the way. And the reason I got into this is because I love content and I found the my love for content when I was a little girl and I had a speech impediment. So I couldn't talk white. Um, so I turned to writing. And that cultivated my love for writing. That cultivated my storytelling abilities. I began writing books at the age of 12, determined I was going to be an author. I became an author when I was 18 and have since then wrote, uh, written two more books. And I have been published in uh, international papers as well as natural papers here in magazines and um, I'm an international speaker and author as well. So I hope that answered the first question. Absolutely. Now, again, it surprised me when you said you, uh, you know, like your story there about uh, wanting to do it from when you were a little girl and how uh, you took a little bit of a um, challenge and found uh, a positive spin to it and made something work. So that was Mm -hmm. interesting. Like, I did not expect that. I did not know that part at all. So that was kind of great. And you won some awards, which is amazing. Like, were you ex- obviously nobody expects to win the awards? What I mean is, like, did you have any inkling that you were even being, uh, you know, reviewed by those magazines, or is it sort of how did that come about? Yeah. So I am a go getter. I'm an action taker. And so when uh, my husband and I married, he was stationed in Germany because he was in the United States Air Force. And so when I got there, I was still in college and I decided to reach out to the base newspaper and see if I can collaborate with them. So they actually had me write human interest stories. And I met some fascinating people doing just that, you know, getting to know the Parks and Rec Department on base, getting to know the people who have been on base and helping the community on base for a long time. And so that's how I got started in that area. And when I began to, you know, whenever I opened my entrepreneurial doors, because I do love writing, I began to blog and I got onto other blogs, you know, to write for them. I reached out to some magazines who was looking for contributors. So um, I networked 
And I just found myself in positions where I could put my name out there. So I saw after these magazines um, and that is how that came about because at first I do feel that you have to put yourself out there because no one knows who you are. So get, you know, if magazine writing is something you want to do, then put yourself out there and get, uh, you know, get into communities that has people who are looking for writers just like you, you can also network in your community if you want want to do more um, local writing and then just begin to ask around. You never know who you know who may know the right person. That makes sense. And I love that, you know, like the go get it, go network. And, and that's what it comes down to. I think that's just sales 101 that still applies today. I think too mm -hmm. many people want to sit behind a computer and have everything come to them. And it does not happen that way. I mean, when was the last time that someone just messaged you randomly and says, I can help your clients with, and you go, yes, I've been waiting for you. I can't believe you showed up today. That never happens, right? Mm -hmm. And when was the last time you saw an ad that says, you know, buy, 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 or sell, 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 and we can save you money. And you're like, oh, I can't believe I came across. I was looking for those new tires today. You know what I mean? Like that rarely happens. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to say that message doesn't work because people would stop do to, doing it if it didn't work at all. But like the effort and the amount of ROI for that effort does no, no longer pays off. I believe it's all about relationships and, and, and dealing with people you know, like, and trust, which comes from networking. It also comes from building your brand online so people get to know who you are before you even get there. And, and that comes with uh, today's way of, uh, you know, selling which is going to be basically storytelling which mm -hmm. is where your whole uh you know branding and writing and all that comes in because you're telling a story you're telling your story or someone else's story if it's your clients mm -hmm. yeah oh even um you know one of the things i love is just looking around me and they're coming up with stories around that like you know the other day i was at the splash pad with my kid um with my son and you know just that that whole rigmarole of getting him ready getting me ready getting i have a five month old you know getting the boys ready to go to the splash pad and then my son was like i don't want to be here <laughs> and, and how i tied it back into business and just using that story because moms can relate to the kids not wanting to do something when you put in a whole bunch of effort to make it happen. And it, it you know, related that back to your business and how many times do we get guilt up to do something and then the moment comes and we don't want to do it. And so I was, um, you know, that's a piece of storytelling to connect, to resonate, to be like, hey, your kids have done this and you, you probably have two in your business in some form or fashion. Right. And that's the thing, like going with the whole uh, kid part, right? It's like, I think we've all done that in our life. Now, sometimes what happens is we get excited, uh, you know, when our parents say we're going to go here or there and we get all excited or get getting ready, but kids like to wander, their minds wander, their thoughts wander. And all of a sudden they get inspiration somewhere else and whatever they were excited about doing, they no longer want to do. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, yeah, I'm taking you there and it's for your own good. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> so, but then how many times does that happen? And then they go throughout the day, through the day and through the activity and, and they come home and say, you know what? I'm glad we did that. Mm -hmm. right? Or you get there, you know, and maybe my son played on the playground for like 10 minutes and then he came back and was like, oh, I want to do the splash pad. And I'm like, okay. 
because the splash pad and the playground was like right there together. Um, exactly. So I was like, okay. Um, so, you know, it's just like, how many times do we do that? You know, go off and wander, doing something else. And then we come back to what we originally wanted to do. And they say, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, I mean, I love how you said that you find inspiration just with what's going on around you and you take that in. Like that, that's pretty good. Cause that means you're like in a way self-aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause sometimes people, we can be like just so narrow focused. We don't notice anything, but what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then we get back and we, we get ready to work and you're just staring at the screen going now what? Yeah. Right. That happens. And, uh, but the fact that you can take inspiration from your surroundings, that's awesome. Like, was that something that you were natural with or is that something you learned to develop? So I'm pretty natural at it. I'm going to be honest. However, one of the things I have noticed is that I, I am being more aware and I'm usually inspired when I, um, like these stories just come to me, but I think it's because I have a practice of being aware of what's going on and then just channeling it to the point where I'm like, Oh yeah, there's a story there. And it just, it just happens. Now, if you are like, well, how do I do that? It's just like anything else, you know, building a muscle, right? To just be aware of the things that are going on around you. And I think once you become aware of it, begin to think about how you can tie that back into your brilliance, into what you do. Um, You know, like if you're a book coach, then if you are out you know, say you're browsing, uh, like say you're grocery shopping and you saw something and then you're like, you know what? I think that's kind of misleading. Maybe it proclaims it has 40% less sugar and you look at the ingredients and you're like, huh, that doesn't like, you know, say you still have sugar in it. You're like, well, that defeats the purpose. Even if it's 40% less, right? Right. So like what you could take that content and be like, you know, sometimes we leave out the important details in our stories. So you want to create a story that doesn't leave out the content or doesn't leave out the mystery. And you can use just like simple little moments like that to translate back into your, you know, into your brilliance. And this is what I do. This is what I love to do is um, this is what I'm really good at. So if you struggle in this, then I would love to chat further and to see, you know, how can I help you bring your stories to life? Fantastic. Now, which brings up another point, because in the beginning, you said that you're out to help moms, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so you found a niche marketing. And the question I have for you here is, what made you decide to use that as a niche? Yeah, so it came out of (laughs) having uh, my son. So my son, Anthony, is four years old right now. And I have, like I said, I have a five-month-old as well. And I found that I naturally attract moms. It's just something I do. I just naturally attract them. Almost all my clients are moms in some form or fashion. Like they're either grandmas or moms naturally. Some of them are not. I do work with women who are not moms. I have a couple of clients right now who are not moms. But the reason I chose them is because we are the ones who are raising the next generation. We are the ones who are pouring so much into our children. And what better way to create a 
vital battle future than for me supporting women to get their voices heard and their businesses and their lives from their books, from their podcasts, any way possible. I want to get their voices heard because that's the only way we're going to change the future. And then, you know, of course, point into our children. And I want to help them because the thing is, being a mom is tough. And I, you know, now that I added a second one into my life, it's even tougher. It has been a challenge moving from one child to two children. And let me tell you, my time is not where like I want it to be. I, you know, I have a struggle. I think all moms know this. We all have a struggle with working and then, okay, we have to, you know, nurse the baby. We have to take care of the four-year-old. We have to, you know, we have to cook, clean, do all these things. But how do we, how do we, live life where we can point to our children and point to our dreams at the same time. And that's where I come in and help take off some of that load of let's work together. So that way your voice can be heard while you're still serving your children. And also I'm going to be selfish here. And I'm going to say, because I am nursing, it's a lot easier to talk to moms uh, because if if I need to nurse, uh, you know, they're okay with it because they're like, I'm a mom. I did it, you know, <laughs> go for it. So they're way more understanding. And that's something else. Um, that's another reason I chose moms. And it's just like, I feel like we have a powerful, powerful position. And I want to get that power from these women's hearts and souls and pour that into the world in a big way. And that's through storytelling and sharing your content and message in a, in a way that lights you up and lights your audiences up. You do have a valid point here, like especially about the whole, uh, you know, because moms will understand it and the whole nursing thing, right? Like mm -hmm. that's something as a man I would have never even thought of. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> you just don't think of that, right? Like it's, yeah. it's not something we experience that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my son is like, uh, I was telling John earlier, I'm just like, you're lucky. He's actually down for a morning nap. He gave up his morning naps um, I don't know, like a month ago, but he's taken one today. So I was just like, yay, he would have been on the show if he was awake. Well, it would have been a nice guest. <laughs> he, he does make a nice guest. I am not going to lie. A lot of the, you know, of course, because I work with women who are moms, they all love him because it brings back the, you know, the infant times with moms who children are past that age. So it brings back a lot of nostalgia for them. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I have, uh, oh, I have several nieces and nephews and it's like, and they grow up so fast. They do. <laughs> it's like my sister's, you know, I got the littlest one now is 10 years old. And it's like, stop growing is what I always say. It's like, holy moly. <laughs> uh, I feel like I bought my first one like a year ago and he's four. So yeah. <laughs> it has the time gone. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's great that you found this passion. You found this ability to serve. Like, how do you find clientele? I mean, I know you have your niche, right? Like, I know moms is your target. Mm -hmm. But how do you find them? Like, do you find them? Like, like, I know you network, right? But where do you network? Do you go online? Do you network with people in person? Is it a combination of both? Like, how, how does that look? Yeah. So I network, uh, I'm beginning to net now that I had my son, um, I didn't really want to network a lot whenever I was pregnant because I was just tired. Moms, you know. Okay. So 
I am beginning to network in my local community more and I also network online. So that's something I'm actually in the process of searching for a good networking uh, community. I had one back in 2020 and it was a great community to be in. And I found several clients that way. And I noticed that that is a strong point of mine. So networking both virtually and in person. Um, I know it's going to be a lot of my gateway to getting more clients. I also enjoy speaking. I love to speak and share my knowledge and train moms, women, uh, men on how to share their voice online and I help support them in that. So that is something that I also do is speak. Uh, I speak virtually and in person. And another way is I have a Facebook group and that's one way. Um, to build that relationship. And another way, which is, of course, using my own content and getting into people's messenger and just starting that conversation, starting that relationship with them. And whether or not they become a client, that's okay. It's just like building that relationship. Because like you said earlier, people want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. And that relationship takes time. And I, I get that and I understand that. So that's why I am building up relationships through DM and then going and making sure I'm commenting on their content. And um, another thing I'm adding in is workshops because like I said, I love to train. I love to teach. So I have, uh, I'm creating monthly workshops or monthly challenges where I would be teaching uh, women and moms how to get their voice out into the world in a big way using content. That's great. Like, yeah, workshops is, it's usually I've only seen them for photography, but the, you know what? That's a great way to get it going. You know, that makes sense. I love it. Absolutely mm -hmm. love that. And I love how you said that you get into the DM and it's not just about the results. It's about building that relationship. Too many times people go into the DMs and they're talking. And when the person starts talking, you're like sitting there going like, okay, you're not really talking because you care to know anything about me. You're just waiting to see when the right time to pitch is. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's just like so wrong in so many levels. I mean, especially in 2022, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, we're, but we, like you said, you build a relationship mm -hmm. and when you build a relationship, you're showing care. And when people show, like when you show care, people start to care about you. And then naturally what happens, people are going to lurk and check your profile out to see what you're doing. And if they can't figure it out, they're going to ask you. And that's where the conversation begins. But now it's two caring people trying to figure each other out versus just trying to say, Hey, I'm talking to you because I need something. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even extending that invitation just to get to know one another, you know, online or, you know, just like, hey, let's just grab, you know, coffee or tea and just get to know one another because you don't like it goes back to you don't know who they know. And you could be a good collaborator for them. You know, one thing um, I recently have done is one lady, you know, I messaged her and we come to find out she's she was like, oh my goodness, you know, some of the people I'm collaborating with would be a good fit for you. I'll send them your way. And I'm like, perfect. How can I support you? So she told me. And so you don't know how you're going to find your next collaborator, your next joint venture, or even a next potential client or affiliate. So be open to the possibilities of what that relationship could bring not only you, but how you can bring people to them. Like I have another person who is moving to Denver and I lived in Colorado. Uh, I lived in Wyoming and I network in Denver a lot, Denver, Colorado a lot. So I was just like, let me know who you need to meet because I can tell you, because I know a lot of people there. 
Um, so I'm going to be shooting holes some people like, hey, you know, check out the, these people. Get in touch with them. Let them know, like, I sent you because I think these will be good collaborators. Yeah. That, that, and that's a phenomenal way, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's why it's important to keep in touch with everyone and, mm-hmm. and, and keeping a database and all that. Now, I keep things through a uh, CRM, customer relationship management software. So I have everything, all the notes. I have everything that I've talked about. So I remember everything. And that's one way that I kind of try to keep in touch or keep track of what was going on. Um, do you keep anything like Do you keep a CRM or how do you uh, keep all your notes and everything intact? Yeah. So I use um, Mellow Light for my email uh, portion and I'm a paper and pen gal. I just don't do the whole online, like spreadsheets are boring. I do have a spreadsheet for the members of my Facebook community to keep track of who's coming in, what they struggle with, um, what what their goals for the next, you know, 12 months or something. So that way I can keep track on that. Um, But a lot of times it's just through pen and paper. Like I said, I just, I can't do, I'm just, I just know I'm wild with pen and paper. Um, so I usually write out people who I need to, you know, connect with or bring up to mind. Like, oh, yeah, they were interested. Um, I, you know, because I do have a couple of Facebook groups, I sometimes go back and we shut back out to people and to see how they're doing. Um, and then I go back and we connect to some of my potential clients or past clients, too. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. Like, I, I still love paper and pen, too. I carry a notepad everywhere I go. And I've got a bunch of pens with me that like they're all over my car. They're in my uh, bags and whatever. So, cause you know, you're always losing them. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I don't know why pens can't stay put. It's so true. Cause you know what? It's so easy to get distracted. You put it down, mm-hmm. then you start talking and you just like walk away. And it's not like a cell phone when you're going, Oh, I need my cell phone. You go back. You don't mm-hmm. even remember that you left the pen down. Exactly. I guess that's why Dollar Tree exists. Right. So you could go buy like a whole bunch of pens for a dollar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's in the United States. I don't know. They've yeah, it, it, we have Dollar Tree here as well. I mean, we okay. have a few of those, but it's the same concept. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> I think they're trying to uh, relabel as a dollar something now instead of just a dollar. I know. Like, nothing is a dollar anymore. No, no. They, yeah. I was just like, this is bad marketing right now. You claim yeah, it's a really. dollar. It's a dollar 25. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. Right? Like I found most of the products in there are like between a dollar twenty-five and a dollar fifty these days. Yeah. Yeah. So they need a rebrand. <laughs> exactly. Don't do what Dollar Tree's doing, guys. <laughs> rebrand if you're going to do something else. True. Now, going back to the whole time management thing and uh, balancing act and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, we got into so many great conversations. I've never asked about that. So I'm gonna go back and ask, how did you manage to find uh, you know, your the balancing act for you? Like how, how did you figure that out especially with a newborn right because a newborn's unpredictable they are they are, and i thrive off a of routine i'm gonna be honest i'm like i thrive off it wow i'm still learning because like i said i went from one to two so i'm still learning this myself one of the things that i have um really worked at now that i have a newborn is work during nap time I mean, he takes anywhere between a two to four hour nap in the afternoon. Um, it's kind of unpredictable, but usually it's like two to four hours. And that's whenever I get the most of my work done. I do work with him. Um, so he's with me, you know, 
maybe I'm, I mean, if I'm nursing him, I'm typing with one hand or I'm, you know, maybe at that time I'm doing more, you know, I'm getting to my DMs. So I'm trying to utilize my time as best as I can until he goes down for his nap. And I only work between three to five hours a day. So I don't work a lot to begin with. And that's why I had to be really intentional with my time with um, what I'm doing and making sure that the efforts I'm putting in is going to have a return back on me. And with my son, my four-year-old, he goes to daycare a couple of times a week and that really helps. So I ask for help in that arena. But whenever he is at home, like I said, it goes back to, I make sure that, you know, cause he still needs a nap because he's very hyperactive. Um, so when he goes down for his nap, which Thankfully, him and the newborn, um, their naps coincide. So whenever they go down for their nap, I get them, once again, the bulk of my work done. And I do my best to utilize the mornings to just spend time with them, you know, going out to the splash pad or going to the park or a playground that is in our neighborhood and just utilizing time with him. It's not always easy. I'm not going to sit there and say that it, it, it is because it's not. Um, some days I want to, you know, get things rolling because I know that, you know, I have the to-do list in my head. But um, one of the things I'm learning is giving myself a lot of grace and just to know that this is just a period of time and it will pass. And then I'll have to readjust again because as moms, this is a power I feel like women have is we get to, we can readjust and we calibrate on a dime. Not to say it's easy, not to say that we're, well, you know, sometimes it gets frustrating. Right. However, we can do it. And that is our superpower. And just knowing and leaning into it and giving ourselves grace when things don't get done the way we want. Right. Exactly. Now, let me ask you another thing here. Do you or have you experienced mom guilt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think every mom experiences it to a degree. Either it's mom guilt or self-judgment. Um, you know, it's not really imposter syndrome anymore for me, but it's more of the, you know, the mom girl and the self-judgment of like, she know better or like, you know, if this were to happen and that were to happen, you know, then this wouldn't be the way it is right now. And it, it just goes back to practicing a lot of grace for yourself and um, getting connected to your higher self. I know that's so cliche, but it's so true. It's just, Absolutely. you know, making sure that you have time for yourself, making sure you have time for you specifically. Like I do a morning routine and I meditate, I journal, I say my affirmations, you know, I do some yoga or I'll go outside and walk. You know, I do that because that's a me time. It do, am I nursing my son while I'm meditating? Sometimes I am. And sometimes my four-year-old is behind me being loud. And it's just a matter of, this is my time and I'm going to make the most out of it. Um, and yeah, mom guilt happens, but it's going back to what I said earlier. It's just giving that yourself that grace, which is, you know, it's difficult sometimes. I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. It's difficult, but I also sure. know that giving myself that grace and that compassion. And, you know, if you have to do some self forgiveness work, then do that and just find your inner peace because that's what's going to help you move through this time. Makes sense. I love it. 
Now, I just wanted to, that the reason I asked that was I wanted to showcase there's a lot of people out there that use excuses as why they can't chase their dream. Mm-hmm. And like you're showcasing that even through all that is going on, you still find a way to put it in and get and get the effort going and make things happen. It's not mm-hmm. overnight. It takes time and it's a lot of work. And sometimes it's exhausting or frustrating, like you said, but it is possible. If, if you want something done, you'll find a way always, mm-hmm. right? That's what it comes down to. And, and, and then there's really no excuses other than the you know ones you tell yourself to not do something. Yeah. And that's something I want to showcase to women. It's just like, you know, you don't, I think your children should be your biggest motivators to pursue your dream. Because when I was young, I did not have that in my life. My mom did not chase her dreams because of us. And, and, you know, I, I know she loved being a mom. I mean, that was what she wanted. And I didn't have a real example. So my question for anyone who's struggling with, should I start a business? I got kids. Should I wait till they get older? My answer is, how are you showing them how to live their dreams when you can't even start your own? Boom. So good. Right there. That's exactly what I wanted to say there, right? I think in a way, it's almost a parents, not just the mothers, but the fathers too, mm-hmm. fiduciary responsibility to show them that you can be successful and you got you can get out there and become and create wealth and create a life that you desire. Because other than that, kids are like a sponge. They watch what you do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, we can't go on saying, don't do what I, you know, what I do, do what I say, because that's not what they absorb. They do what they watch. Now, if they watch you constantly giving up your dreams, what have they learned? They learned that it's a bunch of words that cannot be followed through on. Mm -hmm. So when things get hard for them, well, they're going to take that example. My parents shut down. They couldn't do it. Maybe I'm the same. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think a person's being irresponsible by not going out there and chasing what they need. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier about how it's not going to happen overnight. You have to find that balance. It's going to be tough and give yourself that grace while you find it. And it's going to be okay. And I don't believe that you have to work like all these hours as a mom. You don't, you don't have time. Of course. <laughs> so not. it's just like giving yourself like that grace and setting up. So maybe some routines, the routines of having quiet time, you know, I know a lot of moms do this. And I know a lot of moms laugh at this. And it, I find it to be true, you know, either that nap time or a schedule quiet time. And you make sure that during that time schedule, you do you get the most done. Uh, and that's going to look like a little different from everybody. But that should include some form of we shouts, connection, content and some marketing. Um, and you can do it. It's just going to maybe not be as fast as you want. And that's Okay, because that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is like everyone's journey is different than, you know, Susie Q's over there or like my journey is going to be different from you, you know, yours, John. So just, um, you know, being patient with yourself and and if you need to hire a mentor to help guide you in that direction. You know, I've I've been hiring mentors since about after a year of starting business. And uh, I'm so grateful for my mentors and for my coaches that has led me, guide me and help me to become who I am today. 
Yeah, well said on that. Like, I mean, and look, even if uh, greatest sports people have coaches, why why would we think well, that uh, we wouldn't benefit from it? Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously, there's a benefit. You just got to, uh, you know, got to be open minded and willing to learn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that takes time. Learning takes time, but it's always about starting today. Like if you start yes. today, it's going to snowball into something bigger. And then by that, you know, then when it does become big at that time, because you have evolved, it's going to be like a smaller action for you because you evolved. So just yep. know, just start today. Know it's going to evolve into something bigger. And then whenever you become that person, you know, whenever you have evolved, that that big thing is not going to be so big anymore. And you'll be able to chase more bigger things that are going to impact your family, your life, and your business in incredible ways. Well said. Now, which brings up another thing, right? Every business has its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And we all have had those moments where we ask ourselves, why are we doing this? Now, the successful people get over it and move forward. And but so my question for you is what was your biggest challenge throughout this? Mm. Wow. So the biggest challenge I find is just, you know, owning my self-worth. Self-worth is a big one amongst women. I mean, I know it is for men too. So, um, but I just see it a a lot more women. Um, It's just owning our genius, owning that what we're doing is going to work. And I think another thing is trust. um, I remember that it dawned on me. I finally got it. I heard a lot of coaches say like, trust yourself, trust yourself, lean in, trust. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And it came a point where I, you know, there was a situation that happened and I, of course I was in panic. And then I just felt like I just started, you know, for me as a Christian, I just started like praising God and just like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to turn my mind to it and, and just trust that he has me. He got me. And I started thanking him for all the things, you know, being in gratitude of all the things that I have and I've been provided with. And that is whenever I, it clicked. Like this is trusting yourself, trusting a higher power, whether that's God or whatever, trusting that higher power, trusting that you can create something out of nothing and just trusting yourself. And now it's a process of owning your worth, owning like this is what I'm great at. This is where I get to go out and do. And that may be a daily practice. I mean, for me, sometimes it is. Sometimes it, it is that daily practice of, getting in tune to myself, look, you know, being in my vision, seeing what I can create. So that's, you know, that is a big challenge because it's so easy to say, I'm not good enough. I'm going to quit. And I'm just going to go get a job or I'm going to get a part-time job and focus on my business. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. However, it goes back to, you know, how worthy are you feeling about yourself and we are not, then it goes back to being connected to your spirit, going, you know, getting grounded, doing some type of grounding practice. And that was something I, I missed, like I didn't do for so long. So now that I am doing that, I'm finding myself becoming more and more aligned to what it is I really want to create and do in this world. And I 
feel that this is something that we as women miss because we are so busy being mom and the business owner, we forget to take care of us. And it all starts with us and it all ends with us. So take care of yourself, get grounded. Very true. Now, with that being said, I'm going to ask you the polar opposite. And what I mean by that is that I have what I, uh, what I call a aha moment, mm-hmm. right? And I think everyone has it where, you know, you go through that self-doubt, you go through that wonder, you, through, you have those challenging moments where, like we just talked about. And then we just sometimes, and, it, and it, sometimes it could happen multiple times. Sometimes it happens, people don't even realize it. And some people never achieve it, which, hey, most businesses fail because of it. But I believe that most of us have it and, and we, we tend to recognize it. And what was your aha moment where you said, you know what, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I'm helping people in the way that I thought I would be helping. Aha, I am here. Yeah. I'm not sure we all, like, I think we get there and then we immediately go into self-doubt, right? Um, however, with that being said, I feel like the aha moment, okay, so my aha moment is a little different. It's when um, I was going through a little bit of a trying time and I don't know, I just heard a voice that said, look at your human design. Look at your human design. And so I did, and I found out I was a human, uh, my human design is projectile. And so what that means in a sense is I'm a guide. I'm a mentor. I guide people. I'm here to guide. I'm not here to, um, I'm just here to guide. It's like a lighthouse. I'm here to be a lighthouse. And I felt like that's when they all clicked. Like, that's why I like content. That's why I love to, that's why I can see how people, businesses can be converted into content and then marketable. You know, I can help market that. I can teach you how to market that. I can help you with the strategy. So that's some things that I, it just all clicked. That was when it was just like, this is why I am the way I am. And that's whenever I decided I need to begin networking because I'm an opportunist. So that means I, I rely on my network. I rely on the opportunities and that, and it comes through that network and that collaboration, that joint ventures. So it tells me like, this is what I need to do more. And these are the things I love and I'm good at. So it's just, I feel that for me, it has been more of a sense of uh, timing, just like, it's just all like seeing all the breadcrumbs and they be like, okay, this is like the breadcrumbs led me here. And now I'm shifting into the alignment piece. And it's a beautiful thing when my past clients that I worked with have, you know, said, you, you know, because of what you taught me, I became booked out because of what you taught me. I got an international call because of what you taught me. I was able to, be the main sponsor for a huge event that's coming up in August. Like my client is going to be speaking on a huge stage in August. And I'm so excited for her. And it's because like, it's when these moments happen is whenever I'm like, this is what I was meant for. This is how I'm helping my clients. This is how my clients are living their dreams. Is through my coaching, through my encouragement. And, and then, you know, and then of course, knowing my human design, I'm able to accentuate that 
because I know like this is my purpose. Okay, I'm a lighthouse. How can I begin share, you know, shining my brilliance and my light to everyone else? And that is what I do for others. Um, and that's that's it, that just lights me up right there. It's just helping people get in, in alignment with their message so they can be that lighthouse as well, as well as that powerhouse behind the lighthouse. Cause you know, we had to have that flame, right? To light a lighthouse up. Makes sense. Now I got two more questions for you before we go into what's called a lightning round. And the second last question is how do you know it's been a successful day? Hmm. When I walk away knowing I done all I can and I feel good about it. Great answer. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how I should explain it. It's just like I, I, I could walk away knowing like I did what I did. I made these actions. And now, you know, now it's just a matter of trust. Trusting that it will all come together tomorrow. That's a great answer. Now, last question before the lightning round is, where do people go to find you online? Yeah. You can always check out my website, monicawrites.com, or you can... Friend me on Facebook is Monica Lynn, L-Y-N-N. That's where I put, I put a lot of my content, a lot of uh, my education, my, uh, you know, some things that you can help you create your own content. And you can also, if you're a mom, join my Facebook group. It's called the Wealthy Mama Collective. And that is where I'm sharing um, wealth strategies for your business and how you can grow it as a mom and as a badass businesswoman. Awesome. So now we're going to get into the uh, lightning round. Just a fun few questions about you more on the personal level. Like uh, well, the first one, what is your favorite food and why? Mm. <laughs> favorite food? I don't know if I have one. Uh, right now, I really like cheesecake because it's so delicious and yummy and it's like oh, hot outside. So there we go. Oh, I love cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, cheesecake is my favorite. It's like it's one of my um, my weaknesses, right? It's one of those, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm not going to have any desserts. Then I see a cheesecake, and oh, you can scrap that. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, favorite vacation spot? Mm, I love the beach. So my favorite vacation spot has to be Panama City Beach, Florida, or Destin, Florida. I just love the beach and ocean. And I awesome. love Florida. I'm going to uh, Fort Lauderdale in two weeks. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, been the first vacation since uh, 2017. Oh, you need it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite podcast. Hmm. I haven't, I have not been on a podcast uh, role of late, so I can't really say, but I always like going back to Amy Porterfield's yes. um, podcast because she's always a really good person to go by. Um, and yeah. And I yeah. also like That Projector's Life. I think All that's right. her name, That Projector Life. She is a projector mom and she runs a business and she talks all things projectors. So I like listening to her content as well. Makes sense. Are you a book reader? I am. What was your favorite one and most inspiring one? Mm, uh, Big Magic. I can't remember the author's name. Forgive me, baby. Elizabeth something, I think. I've Anyways. heard about that one. I never read it, but I've heard about it. 
I really liked it because it just reminded me of like, God gave you a gift. You need to go out there and use it. And if you don't use it, someone else will, and you're going to miss out. <laughs> and it just got me to that, like, okay, I need to go out and utilize the gift that I was given. And I love how she just talked about big magic. Makes sense. And lastly, but not least, if you had an unlimited budget, you had uh, no time constraints, and you could do anything you want in the world, what would you do right now? I'd be traveling. Traveling, sightseeing, staying in big hotels or like unique Airbnbs or VRBOs. You know, just um, that's what I would be doing with my two boys and my husband. I would retire my husband. Um, he's right now, he's uh, he's in the Air Guard here in Indiana. So that's what I would be doing because I love to travel, see my family. They're in Georgia and I'm in Indiana. So we're like 700 miles away from one another. Wow. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. There. And go back to Florida because, you know, go to the Florida Keys, actually. Go to the Key West. Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Awesome. Monica, I want to say thank you so very much for being on the show. You're welcome. I'm so glad that we connected and we made this happen. So thank you for having me on the show as well. Absolute pleasure. If you like what you've seen and you want to see more episodes, subscribe to the link 